part of being a professional in this industry is you- so the big question is what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle to get the answers we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success listen we believe every agent should make a minimum of a hundred thousand dollars per year and we're on a mission to make this happen we've already helped over a hundred agents achieve this with our coaching so if you want to fast track your business growth get to your first hundred thousand dollars in gci or add another hundred thousand dollars in gci using social strategies then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below. Also, just make sure to follow us. Hit that subscribe button and if you get any value from this at all, please tell a friend and leave us a review. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets podcast. Today we've got Jim O'Neill with us. He's been in real estate for eight years. He's closed over 430 deals by focusing on repeat and referral business. Today, he's going to be dropping some insane savage bombs about mastering the transaction, constant communication through the transaction, and the follow-up after the sale, ultimately to get more deals. Word of mouth is the king. Jim, thanks for jumping on with us today. It's going to be a fucking awesome episode. Once again, you got 430 deals. That didn't happen overnight, Jim. Tell us your backstory. Where did it all start eight years ago? What were you doing? <laughs> Oh, all right. You know, before, before you even tell us your backstory, I got to mention this because we were chatting before the podcast and you're one of the most humble people that we definitely had on this podcast because you're like, gosh, thank you for reaching out. Not sure like if I should be here. And one of the things that stri- strikes me before you even share your story with the viewers is you're so humble and you have the perspective where I can tell that you're just so focused on growth and improving and being better than you were yesterday, that I'm sure your story, it's going to be like a foundation to your story. And I'm so (laughs) fucking excited about your topics because these are literally the things, selfishly, that I'm struggling with when it comes to mastering the transactions and everything that happens afterwards. Well, now he's going to say he's the son of a Saudi prince. And it yes, yeah. <laughs> With the apostrophe in my name. Um, first of all, I am a fucking moron. If anybody can, like, if I can do this, literally anyone can do this. Uh, before I came, before I got into real estate, I got into real estate so I could get into sales. So um, I, I was in landscaping and I got kind of stuck in, in landscaping. Uh, and I had a good job within that field, but, um, it was kind of just not going anywhere. And I was, I was, you know, getting to work at seven in the morning and leaving work at 7 PM. And I kind of just like had this moment where I was like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to work like this, I I don't want to have to struggle to put children through college. And, and that's, that's literally what it would have been. And, um, so my first year in real estate, I was six months, for, you know, after, uh, you know, spending eight to 10 hours walking around a cemetery with a can of, uh, uh, you know, a 20 ounce Coke bottle full of mixed fuel in one pocket and about, you know, 20 yards of weed whacker string in the other pocket, knowing that I'm not going to get to the truck until probably I got four hours to fucking weed whack all these headstones. And then I'll, you know, and then we'll have lunch. And, and then I, you know, I, I literally wanted to get a sales job, but nobody would hire me. 
it was it was 2012. I went on like probably like 10 interviews and everyone's like, um, yeah, like cool story, bro. But like, no. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like this sucks. So somebody was like, well, why don't you get a real estate license? You get a little sales experience. Then maybe you can get a, like a real job. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So uh, I went and I, I quit my job. I took the test. I went, I went home. I talked to my wife. And I'm like, there's no way she's going to go for this. She's just going to say no, but whatever. I'll try it. I was like, hey, so I think I'm going to quit my job, get a real estate license. I'll pick up small jobs here and there. And, you know, I figure if I can make eleven fifty an hour for 40 hours a week, and if I sell one house every single month, we should be all right. And she's like, yeah, sounds good. I was like, what? It's like, this was not expected. This is, I, I, was, I, was about, I was ready for a lecture and for yeah. her to pack my shit and put it on the front doorstep. And she just goes, yes, okay. She goes, yeah, that sounds good. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, like, you can do it. I was like, fuck, okay. So I went in, I put in a three-week notice and I, I quit and then I took the classes. I took classes straight through and then I just like, because I had never done well in school. So I was really sweating this test. Um, well, I, I, anyway, I, I did well in the stuff that I liked, but like real estate was like, I didn't like, I could give a shit about any of the stuff in those, those classes. Anyway, took the test, passed the test. And then I show up at this real estate office and I'm like, uh, what do we do? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I got this job at a golf course. So I was working from six in the morning till two 30. And then I come into the office at night. And, and the first thing that the lady did, she's like, here, uh, just no, the first thing she said, she was contact everyone, you know, and tell them you're in real estate. So this was 2013. Facebook was like relatively new when I was 29 years old. So most people were like on Facebook. So I just made this message. Hey, just passed my real estate test. Uh, can I get your, can I get your email address? Uh, so if, so I can like update you on, you know, real estate stuff. And, you know, I said, and then I wrote like, if, you know, feel free to ignore this. Plenty of people have, cause these people are people I haven't talked to since high school, you know, so we're like <laughs> 10 years, like, Hey, what's up? You know, the realness of this verbiage, please feel, feel free to ignore this. Like any other plenty of people have. Plenty of people have fucking, they'll just deleted this. So don't feel bad if you do, I'm not going to take it personal. And then like, I just got, a, I got probably like my first day, I got like 500 email addresses. What? And then I went back to the, I went back to the, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I had like, it was Facebook. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck, whatever here, you know? Um, I went back to the team lead and I was like, Hey, uh, what do I do now? And she's like, uh, he, he <laughs> gave me all the contract paperwork. And she goes, well, you should probably know, you should probably figure this out. And I'm like, fuck. So I sat down and I just kind of did it. Like I've got, I can memorize stuff pretty well. And, uh, scripts are like the foundation of everything I do. Like everything's a script, you know, you like walk into the gym, like, you know, there's a script for that. Like there's literally life is just a series of scripts. So I just went through the contract and agency disclosure and consumer guide and like all these, you know, fucking mountain of paperwork. And I just literally made a script for every single page through like, I just rewrote, I wrote exactly what I was going to say. I read the paragraph, which probably had to read like four or five times. Cause I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, 
anyway. It's fucking confusing. <laughs> yes. And then I just bullet pointed out what I wanted to say with each, with each one. So I just fucking wrap my arms around the paperwork. And then my aunt called like three days after I was like licensed. She's like, Hey, uh, I want to buy a condo. So sweet. A couple of days later, a buddy from high school said, Hey, I like my mom wanted me to work with her friend, but her friend hasn't gotten back to me. So like, can you help me? Yes. Um, so anyway, like I just made it a point to like, if I didn't, I would go to work in the morning and then I'd come to the office and just fucking do something that was like, just make me a little bit better. And then, um, yeah. And that was like, that was the very beginning. And that was like, so, so, so take us through your first year. You were these deals right away. What did your first year look like? How many deals? I sold eight houses from May. Uh, cause I was like, like licensed in May through, uh, December 31st, sold eight houses. It's like 800 K in volume. Um, I, I, I actually was working like three jobs at that time. Um, I was uh, plowing snow, working at the golf course, selling real estate, uh, just trying to, just trying to get by. Cause we, we were, uh, expecting our first child too. So I was scared shitless. Yeah. Like nothing, you know, in, energy drinks are great, but there's nothing like just a belly full of fear and a head full of anxiety just to get you up and going, you know? And that's another thing too. It's like, you know, like I'm the last one to know that I'm unemployed, you know, there's no, there's no boss is going to say like, Hey Jim, it was nice having you here, but like today's your last day. Like my last day will be when I run out of money. And so like, that's what I'm, I'm running from, you know? So what do you do in your second year? So eight, First year, so like very much like not saying it was bad, but it wasn't anything special by a long, no. long walk. So, what was your second year like then? Nineteen. Nineteen. Oh, so, cool. Jesus. Okay, so you done eight, nineteen, third year, because obviously you done four, thirty, and eight. So you've really yeah. Thirty. Yeah, and then it was like thirty six, forty eight, fifty four, sixty three, sixty something, eighty four, hundred and twenty. So 120 was last year. Uh-huh. Wow. So 2021. And I have a small team, but I did 75 of those. Whoa. So you're doing over six deals a month at least. Yeah, you're doing mm -hmm. over six deals a month personally. Yeah. Wow. So you've, like, to be fair, you've been, like, very consistent with growth. You've almost doubled nearly every year. Like, yeah, not quite, is, like... 50, yeah. Over 50% every single year. That's for like eight a years. shitload of pressure on me too. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can definitely relate because I have another kid on the way. Yeah. And I'm like the same way. It's like, holy fucking shit. Like you're eight hours. It's not really eight hours because you wake up during the night two or three times because you're thinking yeah. about this stuff. You go to sleep thinking about the shit. When you wake up, you're thinking about the same shit you were thinking about before you fell asleep. So how did you manage to work the three jobs, have all the pressure on you, and still double year over year? Well, I only did the three jobs until September of 2014. So I was licensed in 13. And it wasn't even three at that <clears throat> point. It was like, it went from like my first year. It was, I worked at the golf course. I would pick up odd jobs here and there, and I sold some real estate. And then in that winter, I plowed snow picked up some odd jobs here and there and sold real estate. And then the next year I just worked at the golf course and I scaled my hours back to about noon. So I'd get there at six and I'd be done by noon. And then I'd sell real estate in the afternoon. 
And I did that until September. And then in September, my wife was <laughs> not the biggest fan that I had in the world. And she was like, hey, like, stop. This is not working. Like, we had the, my daughter was born in February of 2014. And she's like, I, you have to pick something. What are you going to do? Because you're not, she's like, I'm not going to live like this. You're, you know, anyway. And then I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll do real estate full time. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. Okay. I've had that conversation before. So I know exactly what you're talking about for anybody who doesn't, it fucking sucks because at the same time you're like, but I'm doing this for us, for the family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the funny no. things I've we've come across with a lot of like very successful agents, team leads, brokers, everyone in real estate is I think there's this misconception. I, I know Peter doesn't fall into this bucket because Peter loves real estate, but a lot of agents just kind of got into it and then found that they could sell houses and they were like, I'm just going to continue doing this. And even to this day, they're kind of like, it's all right. It's a job like whatever. It pays me good money now. And I figured it out. But I think a lot of people think all realtors just like have this like love for property. They're like, I couldn't imagine anything else. I love houses. I love property. Because I know Peter actually likes them. But most really successful realtors are actually like, I really couldn't give a fuck about houses. No. No. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I live in a fucking shed. I don't care. But I love helping people solve complex problems. Yeah. And, and I love, I love to... Uh, kind of be in the middle of like, I don't know. I just love to be in the middle of a, of, of a deal. Yeah. So, which is, which is I, I, at some point is going to inhibit growth. There, there's, you know, and, and that's what I'm, I'm working with a coach and, you know, he, anyway, like th- there's, there's, I feel like there's a point where this just becomes like a job and then it becomes a business, but it's just a fucking great job. If, if, if you're into the, you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever social dynamic that goes on in a real estate transaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I, I, I am not that smart. I don't like doing, I mean, I really don't like reading that much. You know, I didn't really do well in school, but, um, I do recognize that I have a high level of social intelligence when it comes to like identifying what people, you know, want. Uh, yeah. 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 Which, which, which is, makes sense why you wanted to go into sales in the first place. Cause mm-hmm. you, you had the self-awareness to be like, I think I could do well with this. Cause I understand how people like interact and how yeah. I can interact with them. And that, that is social intelligence, right? I, I have no problem asking somebody like, Hey, what's wrong? And they're like, well, yeah. nothing. <laughs> okay, sure. Something is definitely wrong. And until we figure out what it is and talk about it, it's just going to be you over there pissed off and me wondering what the fuck I did. So can like, are you okay? Like, is this, do you, do you want to do this? Do you not want to do this? You need to tell me what you want so I can attempt to make it happen. You know, I've told so many people in the middle of a transaction, like where they're like way too far in to bail, be like, hold on a second. Do you want to buy this house? And if they're like, no. Okay. Let's talk about that. Why not? And then just deconstruct the problem. Like, what's the problem? Why don't you want to buy the house? Well, this, this, and this, and this. Like, okay, cool. Let, let's just, why did, how did we ever get here? 
why do you want to buy a house? And it's like if they hit you with emotion, you just kind of counter with logic. Because most of the time buying a house is a good thing because they're probably renting and they're probably laying way too much money at fucking rent. And they're actually going to get a huge raise if they buy this house. So it's like, you know, that temporary pain of parting with their money for a long-term gain. So I'll ask, like, how much is your mortgage payment going to be? Because they don't think about this. They think like, fuck, I'm going to spend 20 grand out of pocket and then I got to do all this shit. Like, yes, that is all true. But how much is your rent and how much is your mortgage going to be? And then multiply that over 12 months and then multiply that over fucking 10 years. Okay, do you still want to keep renting? You know, and I don't say it like that. I try to walk through with like, you know, compassion and, and, you know, like some empathy and things like that. But at the end of the day, in the United States of America, you're fucking paying someone else or you're paying yourself, you know? It's, it's all about perspective, right? That's one of the things that we talk about. It's like perspective. You can either spend $40,000 this year <clears throat> renting because that's yeah. the average rent if you do a 40 divided by 12. Yep. Or you can put $40,000 of that towards some equity and a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. But eventually you compound that over 10, 15, 30 years, the amortization schedule and the way it works out, it flips where now you have a lot more principal that you're paying off, a lot less interest. So it's just having them understand it because nine out of 10 people do not understand that concept because they're just looking for that instant gratification. And, and, and you're so right, Jim. It's like, okay, I got to drop three and a half, five percent on whatever yeah. you're buying. And it's like, holy shit, it's 50K that's leaving my bank account. Now, now it's like it felt good staring at it, but it's not there anymore. So you yeah. so now the fear is kicking in. You're like, what the fuck? Buyer's remorse is kicking in, everything yeah. else is kicking in, right? And all of a sudden they're like, holy shit. So I think your topic one kind of leans into this where it's like mastering the transaction. Part of, I think, mastering the transaction is also knowing how to be emotionally dynamic and logically dynamic with your clients and get yeah, them and to so understand what you see every single day because you're the expert. So I, I, tell them, I tell them all the time, like, hey, uh, you're going you're gonna to experience this thing. It's called buyer's remorse. And it's probably going to happen after the home inspection. When you pay somebody to tell you all the shit that's wrong with the house you're going to buy, like, keep that in mind. You're going to write a check for five to 700 bucks for, to somebody. And they're not going to come back and be like, hey, it's fucking perfect. That was great. Cash or check. Like they're going to tell you everything that's wrong with the house that you're going to buy. And that's what you want. And that's what you pay them for. And that's about the time that your stomach is going to turn into a knot. And you're going to be like, fuck, what am I doing? That's good. You're not a sociopath, but we're going to work through it and we're going to kind of break everything down. So, so talk to us a little bit about what do you mean when you say mastering the transaction? Help us peel the layers of the onion back here, because that's just one component from my assumption there. Yeah. OK, so for every like, you know, the whole thing is it's like this, is how I look at it and this, is how I explain it to people like uh, the very first stage is like shopping. And that's where we're going to go out and we're going to look at houses and you're going to tell me what you like and what you don't like. And by the way, you're going to tell me all these things that you must have. And then you're going to buy a house. that's completely fucking opposite to what you just told me. I know you need a finished basement. I know you need a fenced in backyard. And I know that you don't want a colonial, but you're probably going to buy a colonial without a finished basement. It might even be on a slab. And 
like no fucking fence. It, it's fine. This is a process. <laughs> and you I'm don't because my one of my clients literally told me I need a big house, seven beds, seven baths, fenced in yard, and we're buying six beds, four baths, no, yeah. <laughs> no fence. <laughs> Of course you do. Of course you do. Everyone does. Let's move. You know, like, and it's fine. Like they just, you know, like that's just how we come in. You know, that's how we come into like, anyway, uh, we got the shopping phase and then, and then that is its whole little thing. Um, and I've, I've, I've recently utilized a showing agent probably for the last 18 months, but I still show a lot of houses. Um, how I think of my schedule, my schedule is a cup. And I don't need to put it like I don't need help with anything until my cup overflows. And then as it overflows, someone's there to catch it. You know, a big problem I see with a lot of agents is like, yeah, hey, I want to make a lot of money and I don't want to work real hard. Well, fucking good luck. Like, you know, because like, you know, I look at this as like, like we are prize fighters and we have a very small window. Right. Like the lady that was crushing it in the 90s is no longer crushing it. She's not. She's past her prime. Like you've got a very small window to make it happen. And if you don't, well, you know, but everyone's window is different. So uh, I fill my schedule. And then as it overflows, I utilize the help of the members on my team and I pay them hourly to do that. And once, you know, you know, occasionally like right, like a weekend, like I got three kids now. I try to like delegate a lot of my weekend, but my like you know, my work day is, is full. Um, anyway, so we got the shopping phase and then we move into like under contract. And then I tell them like, that's where the rubber meets the road. Like any moron with a, with a fucking driver's license and a little bit of money to put in their gas tank can show you houses, right? Oh, you need a real estate license too, but you don't need someone who's going to say, Hey, wow, look at this room. I bet this would be good for sleeping. Like you're an adult, you've lived indoors your whole life. You don't need me to tell you where you should cook food and where you should put your head down. But what you do need is you need me to walk you through this contract because I've done it a lot and I know it inside and out, forward and back. So here's what we're going to focus on. So the, And then I go through the whole fucking, like in a buyer's presentation, here's what you're going to do when you're under contract. Day one, day two, day three, here we go. Now we got the home inspection. Then we're going to talk about it. And then, you know, keep in mind, you're going to pay this dude 700 bucks to tell you all the things that were wrong with it. Don't be surprised when he tells you what's wrong with it, you know? And by the way, what year were you born? And they're like, oh, 90, 1990, 1985. Cool. Uh, guess what? We're in Northeast Ohio. Most of these houses are pretty fucking old. Like our average year built was like 1950. Where were you then? Oh, not even thought of. So guess what? You're going to be long dead before this house falls down. Okay. You're buying a used house. Let's keep that in mind. It's super important. And that's why I'm real sketchy. Like we get a lot of people who call from California. They call from New York and they, they read, they listen to bigger pockets and they heard about Akron, Ohio and how you can just crush it on cash flow. And it's like, and I, the first thing I ask them is like, have you been here? No. Can you find it on the map? Probably not. So are you going to come here and look at stuff? Okay. Do you know what terracotta is? No. Okay, cool. Thanks. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time previewing a bunch of houses for some fucking dude who listened to a podcast, doesn't own a single house, but he wants to invest in the Midwest. 
It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I go over this with these buyers and they're all, you know, even like bring your parents, we're going to have a good time. So, you know, like we just go through all this shit and then they're like, oh, this is a code violation. Okay, cool. Do you know what the code was in 1950 when this house was built? Like, no. Well, neither do I. Is it working? Okay. Is it safe? Cool. Like that's what we're afterwards. Safety, environmental, or big ticket items. And that, and I make it real clear, like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to write a contract. We're going to go through this process. And when it's done, if it's not a safety, environmental, or big ticket item, I don't know that there's really a good case to ask for it. If you want to, we will. But my job is to tell you how to buy a house. And this is, you know, in my experiences, how you buy houses. So then most of the focus is going to be on like writing this contract and going through it and educating them on everything that's in that legally binding document that they're about to put their name on. And then second is like, hey, let's let's pick apart the big pieces here. It's going to be your lender asking you for a hair follicle sample and then the inspection. And that's going to be your two biggest things. And so, like, let's just get comfortable with being uncomfortable through this process. And most of the time, like, when I'm done, they're just like, fuck. I'm like, yeah, you ready to go? And then usually, like, halfway through, they're like, wow, this is, this is like, really easy. I'm like, well, you need to stop with that. Like, we will save the fist bumps, high fives, and all that for when you get your keys. Because th- there's a lot that can go south here. So... Sorry. Hey. I, I love I love how you're describing this and how real you keep it because Andrew knows me and I am I am very close to the way you're explaining things when I explain it with my clients. I set the expectation so low that no matter what I do, we exceed it. Not I'm not saying we're gonna be like no, like we exceed it. I tell them all the bad shit up front. I educate him, which is exactly what you're doing. Here's what you should be looking for. Here's what I'm preparing you for. We're preparing this like we're going into war and we're stacking on everything we've got. Yeah. And then we end up not having to use 90% of it. And they're happy as a pig in shit, as Andrew would say. Yeah. You know, they're just absolutely thrilled about how easy this transaction was but what they don't see on the back end is me going back pretty much diplomatically in email language cursing out the lender and everybody associated with the deal to get this freaking appraisal turn around for a closing that's happening at the yes. end of the week when the appraisal hasn't been ordered until the beginning of this week <laughs> Every day. but they have no idea what's happening they're like yep this is the only thing that my clients heard. We might have a slight delay on closing because the appraisal has not come in yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we were literally speaking yesterday, talking about appraisals not coming in. One guy was, it drove 1,500 fucking miles and then found out the appraisal hadn't been done. So now he's got an Airbnb all this, and I'm like, oh my God, I'd be sick. It gets better. Ready? The appraisal was supposed to come in yesterday for a closing today. This morning, we get a text message from the appraiser saying, I forgot to photograph one of the bathrooms. What the fuck? Motherfucker, we paid you a rush fee. We ordered this shit three weeks ago. You think, first of all, how did you not, like, take your head out of your ass? How did you not know 
it's closing on the 11th when the appraisal order comes in. The first thing that it says, closing date, 11th. Yes. It literally says it on the order. <laughs> what I loved about what you were saying, Jim, is like you're a straight shooter. And like if anybody knows us, like we are straight shooters. And some people will love it and some people will hate it. But that's a good thing because then the people that work with you go, I fucking love this guy. Because they're not like he's like, all right. They either like really like you or they're like he's not for me. There's, no, is, there's no in the middle, no, one no foot in, one foot out. Yeah. yeah. There's no ambiguity. It's not like, yeah, he's all right. It's like. They either appreciate you just giving it to them straight or they don't, or they kind of want, you know, to be, you know, molly coddled, let's say to, to, you know, make it feel good. And it's like, actually, if you're just upfront and you're like, Hey, this is what you can expect. This is probably going to go wrong. This is what it's going to be like. A lot of people will go, wow, that was actually amazing because now I knew what to expect. I knew to expect the bad stuff because people, it's kind of, uh, I guess, a, a human thing, right? It's like, we, although we don't like bad news, we really don't like bad news. It's a shock. Right. Like, we can cope with bad news if we are expecting it. Like, because we've kind of mentally already started a process and that we're like, okay, this could happen. So when you're like, yeah, this could happen, this could happen. And then you hope it doesn't. But then if it does, it's not like, why didn't you tell us about this? All this shit. It's like, no, I did. And then they're like, okay, like you, you, you said this could happen. And then there's that appreciation and respect for you doing your job well as well, where they're like, we got the right fucking guy for the job. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, okay. And, and, you know, like, I think part of being a professional in this industry is you tailor your approach to every client you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, you know, it's just like, uh, you can't, you know, if, if somebody refers their, you know, gr- you know, their parents to me, I don't just start, you know, just bomb every other thing. Yeah. And it was just like, Hey, here's what's going to happen. And here's how we're going to do it. Like, it's like, Hey, can you tell me about the last time you bought a house? What was your experience? You know? And then like, so here's what I, and I'll just tell them very clearly, like, here's what I want to know. I want to know what your experience has been buying and selling homes. And I just want to see how that's going to match up with what's actually going to happen today from how I see the industry and, and how the industry has changed since the last time you did it. Because obviously, you know, if you tell me you bought a house in 1991, well, it's a lot different today. You know, and just because you did it then, it, you know, there was no Internet. So, like, it's just it, it, it's, it's going to be very, very different. You know, it's interesting because I I actually just spoke with somebody about this and they've bought a house. They've actually bought multiple houses and they were like, yeah, when we have to buy with 20%. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, because the myth, the old school myth was you do not buy a house unless you have 20% to put down. And everybody thinks, or uh, not everybody, a lot of people think that you cannot buy a house unless you have 20% down. But what they don't yeah. say is you can buy a house with 3.5% or 3%. The reason why the myth of 20% is because that's how it, first of all, used to be. But also yep. because once you have 20% of equity in a house, your PMI goes away. Yep. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to pay the extra two, 300 bucks a month for property mortgage insurance. So I'm just going to put 20% down to get rid of it, to get my payment down, right? Yeah. Yep. I always ask why I got to put 20. Why? Well, I'm not gonna pay PMI. Oh, how much is a PMI? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Do you, maybe we should figure that out. Don't you think? 
Because if you could have the house of your dreams and it's only $100 more a month, would well, whatever, it's, it's up to you. I mean, I'd figure it out. Just leave it like that. Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in gaining access to our course and coaching programs, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com.